responsible. All you need to fulfill life and destiny have been given to you. And everything you desire in the future, they will come but they will not fall on your lap. You've got to labor for them. You've got to labor for them. So, you know, like I've said, I'm basically talking about the need for you to be resolute in that you set a plan to what God wants you to do in that you have a specific target. And when I say specific target, I mean that you've got to to roll out plans, to have definite purpose. As you run the course, the race set before you. So I'm going to take a look at some number of scriptures. It's very painful that um, um, we had a break in transmission and we lost the initial recording. But then, it's never too late to start afresh and we trust the Spirit of the Lord to help us. You don't have eternity here to accomplish whatever the Lord is calling to accomplish. You just have a lifetime. And that's the more reason why you have to be up and doing. You have got to be injected by God with urgency to start to the task. You may say it's going to be earlier than it is. Late means it's going to be late and it's early. And like I've told you, except to act, the resources will not come. Like my brother told me, provision before, vision before provision. But higher, vision action and provision i've thought of graham leaks who got sent to africa for a missionary work and he never had enough to take his whole family down there but he started out it was while he was on the line that somebody came i mean the needs he had then so there's nothing you need for the task that god will not supply like dm would said God's work done in God's way, we never lack God's supply. But mark the word, God's work done in God's way. The supply will come, but then you have got to act. You've got to set a plan and start little. One of the challenges of God's people is that they know they have a call, but they're not ready to start little. They want it to express big. I also mentioned the fact that you can't... Um, have a public ministry, a public life, and you are reserved. You've got to learn to meet people. You've got to learn the people's skill, like I've always said. Learn to connect, don't be reserved. Action is demanded. You know, in Matthew chapter 3, we saw how Christ actually, by courage, stepped out. He had lived all his life in Nazareth. He had to relocate. To Capernaum. And the word of God says when he got to Capernaum, he started preaching. And that began his ministry. And that shows us it became a pattern to everyone who wants, who wants to begin something. You've got to start. So Christ started solely by himself. It was later expect coming in contact with people. 
should be up and doing. Resources will not, the resources will not come except to start. And everything you need, like I said, lies in your future. You know, the Lord told me when I was meditating that he allowed the death of my brother for some reasons to teach us or to teach me that I should own nothing. Two, to let me know that nobody's strong. Three, to let us know that we should own nothing. Don't own anything. You know, what is actually inspiring this word, uh, this word I'm sharing with you now is uh, the fact that the grace of God is not cheap. It is not cheap. It is costly. It will cost your time. Dietrich, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to die. Literally, death may be if he ends up in man's eye. Death in that he has to be dead to opinions, dead to self-appetite. You know, there are people who are living, what they live for is not Christ. They live for self. They live for self-vision. They, they, they are ambitious. There's nothing that drives them but what they will put on their table. And if you want your life to count for eternity, then you have got to live up. Why is this necessary? You've got to be urgent in this task because there is a check already. And that is a check. Like I said, you could say it will be early and it, 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 you, 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 you were given long life and you may say you have the long life and you, 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 you do not have it. Christ is the center of fulfillment. The Lord has promised us long life, but everything has been encoded in Christ. Now all things work out according to the counsel of his will. Yes, he promised us long life, but he works things according to his will. If he asks you to go to, 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 to the um, zone of, 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 of the, of the um, Aosa Edsman and they chop your head up at the age of 38 or 40, now, those ones who have been losing their life, do, do, don't they have visions? Are they not planning to be successful? Do they plan? Are the promises of God not there to keep them, to keep them rather? Yes, they are there. But now God works according to the counsel of his will, especially when it comes to do with his own people. So it's no longer how long or how short the life is. It's how much of God's work your body is able to do. That's why you have to borrow the wisdom of Solomon. Whatever your hand finds doing, do not procrastinate. That's another enemy to conquer. See, do it with the mind because there's no strategy, there's no strength, there's no wisdom in the graveyard you are going. We are going to see some number of scriptures you know um okay let's quickly start and i trust god to help us although the first part of the recording we lost is actually painful but then 
that will not make us to lose concentration. John chapter 15. Now, by these scriptures, I want you to see that everything God had given, has called you to do, lies in the future. And until you are ready to pay the price attached, you will never get there. You can be prayerful. You can be brilliant. You can blast in tongues. You can fast. I like what the great apostle Um, Smith Goosworth said, he said, the acts of the apostles were written because they acted. Mark those words, because they acted, not just because they prayed. You know, the apostle could have as well sat in Jerusalem with mouthpicks. I mean, with toothpick, picking their teeth and discussing how they enjoy staying with Christ without testing the ghost. The ghost will not go anywhere. And after all, angel will not preach it. But they stake their life. Nobody will live a life that counts or that matters if he's not ready to do the unusual. I mean, the Lord will leave our head go. Okay. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. Let me start there. Okay, let me read 7 and 8. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, this place establishes the goal of God for every disciple, every child of God. These are the exaltations of Jesus Christ before his death. And actually what brought about this word was the fact that Christ was consoling the disciples prior to his death. These are a few days perhaps, a few weeks to his death. The hearts of the disciples were heavy. They were so confused. How can they walk with somebody for three years and have an says they want to die? Can't God give you a long life? Well, at a particular time, um, Peter had to call Jesus Christ aside and keep advising him that he will not die. But now it's no longer what you say. It's no longer what you confess. It's God, it's God bringing about His established will in your life. And that's why you have to stay in tune. You have to stay in alignment. You've got to know definiteness of purpose. I mentioned that you've got to know what God wants to do. And you have to strategize. You have to build up a theme. Link up with me who have started and if you don't have anybody that started in one capacity or the other, start small. Nothing works. Business, career, family life without the courage to start it. Well, if the finance is there, fine and good. You know, you may have just need to problem to, to, to recruit people. And even as that, you still have to, to go to pray. Jesus Christ said, look, it is God's intention for all disciples, all disciples rather, to be a much first. Say, in this the Father is glorified. That which he had put in your spirit, you find expression for it. 
But then he gave a condition. He said, if my word abides in you, so the resource a child of God needs to become what it needs to become in life and time, to live a life that comes for eternity, is to get the word of God, which would come in the place of the vision God had given to you, the body he had put in your heart, which also includes getting his word in that you sit with the world. That's the raw material. You must live a life that comes. And you have to be decisive about it. Indecision and procrastination are, are the two great enemies that had destroyed a lot of lives. That had made an identity out of people who are designed to be dignitaries. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done to you. Can you hear that? It's not just saying that you will ask whatever you desire. He gave us the foundation to that. The word of God has to abide in you. And you have to abide in him. To abide means to stay with the master. And by this, my father is glorified. So the end result of abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in you and his word abiding in you and you spend time to meditate in his word that it makes the heaven resources to, to be channeled towards you and find expression through your hands. And what's the word of Christ? You go and make disciples. Of all you do in your life, you have to make disciples. Nothing makes the life of a man count as much as discipleship even the apostles will go everywhere and the lord will accompany them with signs and wonder now that is the the goal of heaven, giving them increment or giving them increase numeric increase but then it's not the increase for it was them going in response to the body christ went everywhere preaching the gospel of the kingdom saying the kingdom of god is at hand Repent. Then the word of God added, and his faith went. You know, what we look for is that we look for the results of the labor we have not paid. And when we see people paying the labor, who are paying the labor, or who are, who are paying, and the results start to come, we begin to envy them. Look at what the Gideon International wrote about their. Distribution of the New Testament. In their preface, they have this. And let me quickly run through it. It says, and I quote, The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, and the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts abiding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to share you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian charter. Here paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gate of hell is disclosed. Now, check this. This is where I'm going. This is the point I'm going. Christ is its grand subject. Our grand our good, the design, and the glory of God is end. It should fill the memory, rule the earth, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is mine of worlds, a paradise of glory, and river of pleasure. It is giving you in life. It will be opened at a judgment and be remembered forever. 
it involves the highest responsibility. Now, that's where I'm going, actually. We reward the greatest labor and we condemn all this, all who trifle with the sacred content. Now, where I really want to focus attention is the fact that you cannot actually be about this responsibility except the word of God abides you. It's the word that propels you into action. The writer of the prophet says that it is given in this life, but it will be open at the judgment now. It's not just going to judge because uh, it's a book you read. It's going to judge because it reveals God's intention to you. Ephesians 1 11 talks about the fact that God works all things according to the counsel of his will. And from verse 5 to that verse 11, we see Apostle Paul mentioning three times repetitively the word after his will, after his will. In fact, he said in one of those uh, verses that he had made known to us the mystery of his will. So we know what God wants from us. And even for you, and if you don't know, that's when you have to cry, you have to pray, you have to seek his face to get to know. Now let's see the second scriptures. John chapter 12. You're going to read from verse 20. Hallelujah. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida of Galilee and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew and Andrew and Philip to Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The eye is come not yet. I want to show you a principle by which things are done, as revealed by Christ. And this is meant for you and I. In other words, I'm not looking at the scriptures by context, but I'm picking it as a principle of being effective. like we, we, we've been considering the need for self-discipline. Let me read that scripture then I, I quickly revisit. But Jesus answered and said, saying, The are has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. Now check the word, the grain of the wheat falls and dies. It remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much fruit. He who loves his will, who loves his life, will lose it, and he who hates his life in the world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone saves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. And if anyone serves me, my father will honor him. Now we are looking at the subject, the need for self-discipline. Look at a great word of master. Here he reveals to us a principle. People came seeking him. Even the Greeks who owned the culture, the intellect, the wisdom of those came trooping after him. All men. And there was a particular one that came to inquire of Philip how he can see Jesus. Eventually go to Jesus. But Jesus Christ made them to understand that the secret to being valuable such that a man began to demand your attention is that you have got to die to self. The need for self-discipline. 
you have got to be dead to appetite. If God had put an assignment in your hands and you are really urgent about it, there are times it will cause you sleepless time, night, days without food. Not because you don't have the money, but you have to stay on fasting. That time you have to stay off certain things. Times you have to separate from some friends. Some, you, you have to deny your body. I like the apostle Paul put it because it's um, possessing your vessel, putting it under control, allowing the Holy Ghost to dominate, allowing the vision to be bigger than the appetite of the present. Even Jesus did that. In John chapter 17, when he was praying for the apostles, he said, look, he said, for the sake of this ones, I have, I have sanctified myself. I restrained myself. In fact, there's a portion of scripture that talks about the fact that uh, certain food will be restrained from him. So there are criteria for anyone who wants to live a life that cannot. And check it, you cannot afford to live a life like every other person because you are unique. Although we are common by everything, you have the same Lord, you have the same faith, you have the same assignment. But there is something unique about you in that what you are given and the length you are given and the measure of your assignment is different from the measure of another. So you don't compare your time with another person's time. You don't go and start playing because everybody's playing. Self-discipline. Self-denial. So if you want your life to count, you've got to have definiteness of purpose. You've got to plan. You've got to be audacious to start little. Accept the grain. Now check it. That grain of the seed has life. It is said. But you have got to lose that life, that excitement. And Christ said, even if you lose to, to if, if you choose to keep your life, you are so jealous to live in it, you will lose it at the long run. So the best way to live is not to live for self, it's to live for eternity. Except the grain falls to the ground and it dies. And you know that it's not going to be the will of the grain. Somebody had to be pushing it down the earth. That could be anything. That could be purpose. That could be well, that's the purpose of the green to bring forth other cups. It could be purpose. It could be the vision. It dies. It abides alone. What does Christ mean by it abides alone? In other words, when you take a green, that green is alone. It's that single green. If you break it and you take the life out of it, the whole body decays and the life of it remains alone. It can't multiply itself. Just as my spirit is put in my body so that, the, so that it can help. And while the life is in the body, I can by the help of the Holy Ghost and by the impartation of God in my spirit use that body to accomplish divine purposes. And in accomplishing divine purposes, I duplicate myself in others. In that the grace of God over me is extended in others. I bring others into life. Like Apostle Paul said, we live when we, we make other people to come into the consciousness of God. 
But meanwhile, I can live in that body and do nothing. It's just like a grain of seed you pick and you keep by your window side. You left it there. After a while, you see pests coming to eat the body. They will eat the whole grain away and leave that sh- the, 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 the life part of it, that the pick side of it that carries the life. But Christ said, when that grain, there's another way to invest that grain. That grain can be kept and covered in the earth. He said, when it is covered, he said, it dies. It's as though nobody's seen it. It's as though it is not, it's not at the center of excitement. It's not at the center of attraction. Nobody's looking to it. It's buried out of sight. He said, but they said, look, watch it. When that grain germinates, it will bring more life. That is your life. And Christ applied this. He said, he who, uh, he who loves his life will lose it. In other words, the, 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 the analysis, the interpretation of this fact is that a man has got to lose attention on himself. Must not just be about or be concerned about what he becomes as much as he's concerned about what is on God's mind for him. And that's what it means to live. That's the purpose of life. In itself. Like I just showed you, you see in, in, that, in that John chapter 15, Christ said, glorify the Son. That the Son that glorified Him. This Christ anticipating that the which God intends to do should be done. Now let me read that verse um, 15 verse 8 again. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you'll be my disciples. But how does the much fruit come? That chapter 12 explains it. There must be the dying to self. The green has to die. And in this the fruit comes. The dying could come in the form of swallowing your ego. Starting little. And I mean starting little. Look at the case of Miles Moreau, for instance. He said when he was starting out then, he knows the Lord had called him to teach the people purpose, to, to help the people to enter the, into God's intention for their life. But he never knew a way to better doing it. But he devised out through the music ministry. He started out as a singer. He started holding calls and people started coming. And as he was able to gather people, they begin to introduce message. And finally, the world never knew Miles Moreau to be a composer and a pianist. They known him to be a, a teacher, an oracle, some a motivational speaker. But they never knew how that man came on that platform. So if there's no platform for you to write, why don't you create your own? Wise people don't wait for opportunity; they create one. So the Lord is showing us the need for us first to be disciplined. And let me quickly mention this. The fact is that if the Lord have an assignment for you, it will make your path different. It will carefully choose your experience. When God has an assignment for you, he makes and yoke your life differently. And carefully choose your experiences, which oftentimes will appear unpalatable. But then God chose that because he does not want you to work the route everyone will walk. 
when he's dealing with you, especially when he has a special assignment for you. And that's why God will not reward everybody equally because we pay different prices in accomplishing his visions. Blessed are the dead, they cry, that they may rest from their work. So death is a check to what we have done. And you have got to be urgent. And there are now people who had labored for God and in the middle of their life, God took them. Why? Because they never know the scriptures. But they've been either they've been strong, they've been effective, and God just took them. And that's why you've got to be urgent, to put all your energy, to do whatever the Lord is putting in your heart. Solomon said, whatever the heart finds, the hand finds to do, he said, do it. Do it. Why? There is no labor, there is no device, there is no means in the grave where you go. We have to wise up. We have to trust God to help us to do whatever he has put into our hands. Your relevance and your reward in this life and the life to come is determined by the labor you are paid. When there is no labor, there is no reward. The amount of the value you are able to create, especially in the kingdom, determines the value you command. And determines the, the material gains. There are people who, have, who, are, who are in need, who are craving for material prosperity or material um, um, breakthrough and who are doing nothing for the kingdom. You know, we are not saying that godliness is a means of gain. But that even when you start living for others, it brings you to a position where you, 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 you assess needed resources, both for yourself and for the others. You know, that was because our commitments to God's instruction, to God's leading, are different. Our rewards will be different. And that explains the different pedigrees we have in the world. Men who are destined to be dignities have ended up non-entity because they are indecisive. And they are a bunch of compromise. Now, what do you think of a person who had the opportunity to work in an oil and gas industry? But for his passion for a particular tax that would take him to fulfill that tax in remote area, would shun the work in the city and stay in the remote area. And in that remote area, he died. Compared to you who claim you've received that Christ and you've received eternal life and you live the life of the city, you shun your vision. The two of you will make the same heaven. You serve the same father. You have more materials gain, but the other guy lost his life, but he will gain it. That was what Christ meant. God is not partial. The level of commitment you give to the tasks and the assignment I give to you, the level of reward you command, if you want to live a life that counts, you have to be self-disciplined. A lot of things let go. You got to die. You got to abase yourself so that God can increase. And you have got to be audacious to act, to do something practically. Without this body, we can't have contact with this world. And that's why we are in this body to afford us every opportunity. 
Photo something account to impact lives. The best investment is not into property. The best investment to lives is into lives. I'm not just talking about sponsoring people, paying their school fees, feeding them, being nice to them, accommodating them, paying their rent, paying their school fees. That is brilliant. As a matter of fact, you can't even do a Tanakh without doing all of this. But much more, you have got to impact them with the gospel of life. Because every man outside of Christ is dead. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. So the only way you can give every man you come into contact with life is to meet that Christ to them. Not even oftentimes, you don't even do that directly by preaching. First, by impacting them, maybe materially. You find a way to get the act. You see, the act of winning man selling ideas divine ideas to them it's not just the, the assignment of marketers Interna interpersonal relationship is not just uh, the, the target skill that marketers need to connect to people even you as a believer you did that in Thessalonians, apostle paul said you know our entrance to that he made mentioned our entrance to you and the end result of that entrance is that you turn from idols to serve the living god so you must devise a means And that's why sometimes God will make you not to step into some leadership position. That even when you are qualified for it, you will not, you will not step into it. You will not allow it. Why? Basically, I've learned, or, uh, by experience, I've observed that God does not allow a person to step into leadership for two basic reasons. Why? Because that may retard that man and veil him so that he will not see where God is taking him to. That new status may make that person to be to, 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 to be dormant. To be dormant. That's the word I want to use. To be dormant. To be blind to where God is taking him to. The peak of career to some people are be the reason of their woes because they will not develop any longer. And that's why what God gives his servant, oftentimes it's not first position, it's not first money. He builds them. You know, we have great leaders in Benjamin who actually fumble when they go to the, to, to the podium. I mean, when they go to the peak of their career. Because the lesson, the, the dealings that God would have done with them, the debt they should have done, they never. So when God has something greater for you, something higher, something better, He makes you not to be considered for what should be deeply yours. And you know that even Christ himself had to reject being made the king. Why? Because the cross, the death of the cross is the peak of his assignment here. Not the, not the kingship. Not the throne. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. A child, an heir rather, as strong as a child, Different not from a slave. He's kept under tutor until the time appointed by the fathers. And he's kept under the beggarly elements at the mercy of others. If you want to break free from this experience of yours, you are not actually at home with. Then I tell you, you have got to be kingdom driven. You've got to be kingdom driven rather. You know, there are times 
you have not been considered, I mean, appointed or nominated for a position. Although everyone knows that you ought to be considered. Why? Those two reasons I mentioned. When God have when God has something higher for you. And number two, when God is preparing you to pioneer something for you. Those two reasons. And even there are times that God will allow you, maybe for his friend's sake, to step into that leadership, but you won't stay there long. And then how people have stepped into the peak of their career and the Lord is calling them to to submit that, to let that go, so that they can do what he's calling them for. Look at great men in this nation who are stepped into the peak of their career, and at that peak of their career, they had to leave it for something much sublime, something much humiliating. They started under that humiliation, but they became something great. One of our fathers, if it shared out that he was a doctor, I think in the University of Ilone, and according to him, he said he lived in three-bedroom apartments or so. When he had a call to, to pick up as the leader of a mission. He struggled, but he had to do it. Saved now. Nobody becomes great in this kingdom except you are ready to study. You are ready to give up some things. You have to give up relationships. Good ones. So your own case is not the first. Saul was the king, but everybody knows and recognizes David to be the king. But he was not in position until Saul died. So that you don't have a position that you should have now is a signal that God is calling to something higher and a signal for you to better prepare for what lies ahead of you. No time to grumble or resent. And if there's anything that commands your attention, anything you have to die for, it should be things that God had called you to do, not the position men had to offer you. Like I was just yesterday with my wife, I told her that one of the reasons why people misuse leadership positions is because what they strive for was a position when they needed to be working on themselves. And when they got that position, they misuse it. So God is more crazy that you deplore, that you give expressions to his vision in your life, that that grace that saved you be valued. You know, I was studying Piper. Uh, I mean, John Piper has, uh, don't waste your life. He told of a man that was rugged and unyielding when he was very young. They spoke with him, it would not change. Until one day his father, who happened to be an evangelist, was preaching and the man came. And when the father preached, the man received eternal life. But then, although he was saved or he started crying, and he kept iterating, I have wasted it, I have wasted it. What? He wasted his life. Although he received eternal life, or he wasted his lifetime. At such, a age, at such an age, he can't do what God had put in his hands. Look at persons like uh, Mice and Ruth Monroe. 
See how God took them all over the nations of the earth. See how they imparted millions, but they never knew that their time was short. And that's one of the reasons why you need to be urgent. You have to be up and doing. You have to stop procrastinating. And like I've told you, if I thought you want to step into the peak of your assignment, into your very assignment, I mean, uh, then you have got to plan ahead. How do we plan ahead? By foreseeing into the future. And if you don't foresee into the future, if you don't plan for it, if you don't step out for it, if you don't take it, if you don't act towards it, it will take you aback, I mean, unexpected, and you will be frustrated because you won't have anything to show after all. Do you have anything to show? And let this be, 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 be told right away. That if God had not destined you have anything, no matter how close to it you are, in fact, you might even be qualified for it, you won't have it. Now, that does not mean that everything you lose that you anticipate to having, you lost it because God does not want it for you. Your negligence can make you to, to lose them. But the fact is that, please, let nothing drive you. But your assignment. Let nothing drive you. But God's purpose for your life. The grace that saved us is costly. Although it's a cheap grace in that we do not pay anything to enter it. But it costs God something. All he had. So don't be lazy. Be ready to give the vision, the call, everything it takes. And of all you run for, you have got to pay attention to soul winning. A believer who is not given to soul winning is a wicked person. I don't want to say it's a non-entity because it's not a non-entity. It's still as God. It's still anointed. But let me better call that person a prodigal child. And these are people who will slip into eternal life or into eternity and nobody will miss them. If today you slip into eternity or you are caught home, what would people say? You have been imparted. All you live for is the bill. All you live for is the paycheck. All you need for is that real estate. No soul you have brought. Empty-handed, empty-headed. Driving for material things, material games. And finally, you acquire those things you will be taken out of your house. But check it. Only what a man had done for eternity stands forever. So one of the things that make you relevant in this kingdom 
is your passion to bring souls to God. And the word of God says that whoever wins soul is win, win a soul is wise. Is wise rather. So soul winning is the greatest tax of the true believer. And you must not give it to chance. And never you forget that soul winning is not the same as publicity. Getting on the street, singing, clapping, and giving people flyers of your church. It's not, that's not so winning. It's a deliberate target, deliberate attention on people you know are not receiving eternal life. You want to consciously bring to the Father. And I don't know why we people of God are so convenient that the people of the world are rising us with their gospel, with their dress lifestyle, with their media, with their fashion, with their beauty, with their language, and we keep mute. Alas, we've got to stand up and arrest the sons of darkness, arrest hell and all its cohorts and all its strategies and all, 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 all its perpetuations by the truth and the power of the gospel. Unfortunately, we have the we have the power of the universe to ascend. And that's why we don't have to leave the gospel. I mean, that's the more reason why we don't have to leave the gospel to chance. So do you want to count for eternity? Be given the souls. In fact, soul winning makes your life count more than you want to make it count. Brings your life to the center or to limelight even when you don't bargain for it. You know, we had people who had become prominent and now then they say that we, they were never looking for such public life. Like somebody recently was said to command uh, the FOB, appeared on the FOB news or something like that. And when he was in service, he said, I was never bargaining for it. I was just doing my own. Oftentimes, it had, it had become that those who seek fame never have it. And those who less seek it but are given to the burden on their heart, the passion that drives their souls. So what, 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 is, what commands your attention? What drives you? And of all that drives you, one thing should. The willingness, the zeal, the eagerness to impart souls. He that wins is so is wise, the scripture says. So you've got to devise a means to be, act to be actively involved in this. If there's no means, you have to pioneer one, even your local church. Because this is the assignment of the whole church and of you as an individual member of that body. It is my prayer that your life and my life will count for now and eternity. And Christ actually told us where we, where we ought to pursue while we live in this body. He told us that the life of a man is not contained in the abundance of what he has. And what is he telling us by that? That material things is not what makes a man to be relevant as it were. So there's something much more serious. 
So if the life of a man is not in the abundance of things he owes, then where is your life and what makes the life of a man count? And that was why I like Dietrich's statement. That when Jesus Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. So the call of salvation is not just call to, to fall, call to, call to irresponsibility, call to a life of lack of accountability, a loose life, a life without discipline, a life without restraint, a life without check, no mentor, no reverence, no honor. The call of salvation is a call to death, death to save, death to save appetite. A call to responsibility, a call to be accountable. And once you are these, you, 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 you end up in an entity. God wants the best for you, but what is your role? He wants to fashion you as his best man. Like I was writing yesterday, out of God's best man. Maybe in the next discussion, we're going to consider that. But what is your role? There are roles for you to play. You know, there are two things that actually made me do this thing. I'm still going, we are going to look at critical subjects like this. I'm saying that there is a need for us to walk with the Father. Look at that scripture we read in John chapter 12. Christ said that whoever will follow me, no, whoever will serve me we must follow me. And whoever follow me or serve me, my Father will honor. We seek honor from our organization. By longing for, for, by working for years, by laboring for years, after we are sat and spent, we are given maybe pension or whatever, retirement, compensation or whatever you call it, then we go home, this is not useful for eternity, although we acquire material wealth. But Christ said, whoever wants to serve me, have to follow me. What does it mean by that? That is, he has to do it according to pattern. So there is a template. There is a conformity, a measure and expectation of your life. You don't just live loosely. Whoever we serve. There is an honor that comes with service. May we be wise enough that we will not keep hoping we do something, but that we will actually do something by consciously doing something. One of the emphasis I want to make is that we have got to act. We've got to swing into action. The greatest good you can do to yourself and to your world is to serve. And he will serve humanity by bringing them to the consciousness of God's love for them and God's intention for them has actually served well. Let me take you back to that. John chapter 12, 
Now look at that verse 26 again. If anyone serves me, serves means to work for, to labor for, to be hired to work in, person, in the person's field or company. So if anyone serves me, if anyone work for me, let him follow me. Let him do according to my pattern. That, that reminds me of what, the word of Apostle Paul. Whoever runneth runs according. Let me let me check it. First Corinthians chapter nine. Sometimes I like looking at the scriptures accurately, so I won't just quote out of um, exactness. And C.H. Spurgeon taught us not to quote scriptures. We are not so sure. I will read from verse twenty-six down. Therefore, I. I must not start from there. Let me start from 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air. But I disciplined my body and bring it into subjection. Legs, when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. I discipline my body. Now, but there's, a, there's, 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 there's another scripture, I think in Timothy or so. Let me check if I can locate it. The Apostle Paul talks about laboring lawfully. According to the requirement, lawfully, what are you doing with your life now? Second Timothy chapter two. Never forget that we are looking at self-discipline in making your lifetime count. You can't eat your cake and have it. There are sacrifices to pay for the prizes. Everything and anything that has a, a value, there is a price. And without the price, you can't have the price. So what are you ready to give now? And what are you ready to do now that will make the next 10, 15, 5 years of your life count? What are you ready to do now? Now. That will make that vision in your heart to find expression in the next 5, 10 years. That's the concern now. What would you do to make your life count? And I'm not just talking about living a happy life, fulfilling all your goals, Living the life of your dreams, living a whole day alone. I'm saying using your body as a means by which we exact divine influence upon the earth. You know, you are born again. You've got the capacity. Christ said, If my word abides in you, that is the criteria for this. And most of you have qualified for that. Now, how do you now begin to translate what is in your heart into reality? Now, look at the scriptures. Second Timothy chapter 2. 
Let me read from verse 1. I like that verse 1, but that's not where I'm going, but let's read it. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. This costly grace that cost God his only son, you've got to take advantage of it to the fullest. How? Be strong in it. How do you become how do you become strong in it? Position yourself firmly in that you you by that grace begin to fight out that which God has put in your heart. And that will take action. That's one of the things I'm emphasizing here. You need to be definite as to what you want to do. They need to plan it out and need to act on it. And the fourth thing is the need for discipline. Those are the things I'm rolling out in this teaching. Be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. You reach that unmerited favor. All it costs you to stay with the Father. Now, because of the time, let me quickly read. Verse 3 to verse 7. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruit. Consider what I say, and the Lord give you understanding of all things. I think that is, the, is a good conclusion. You have to strive lawfully. I am calling you as a member of the body of Christ to your greatest duty, which is service unto the Lord. What would you do with your life? What have you been doing with it? Aside the fact that you gist, you eat, you take your baths, you go to work, you come back, you made your wife pregnant, you are nursing your children. Nursing is a service, but that is centric. I mean, centered to your family. What are you doing? What effort are you making to make other people's life count? Now, can you pray and say, Father, help me, so that I will not live a life of waste. I want to live a life that counts. I want to live a life that matter, that matters. Can you pray? Let's pray now. Help me to be sincere. Help me to be committed to your visions. Help me to be committed to the tasks you have for me. Help me to be disciplined enough to work out time just to bring someone to God. Help me to, 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 to work circumspectly as I ought to. To be cognizant of the assignment that is placed over me. Put your fire in my soul. Let it burn. Let it burn, dear Lord. Lord, I let, 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 there, let there arise in me and from within my very spirit a flame and passion for the lost. For your word, for your presence. Let there arise from within me an urgency for your works in my hand before I slip into eternity. Lord, I offer my body as a living sacrifice. I want to live a life that counts, that glorifies you. 
Mendo baka shada la manzundo breke de menzukotu brahadne shketa yalada baku zunde kelebradeshin.